Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribute on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined, as always, by myself, Jihei Wiley, Mr. Grant Mona, and Brandon Deutsch. We're kicking it old school, you guys, with all three of us here. How's everybody doing? Good. You know, I miss Armand. I miss my guy, Armani Buckets. I, I need to. I need to text him. I know he's been. He's a little too famous for us now with his TikTok. <laughs> you know, like two reaching 200k almost. He's the basketball go-to on TikTok. Hey, I'm gonna shout my boy out. Uh, go follow him if you want some an- an- analysis. He's better than anybody on TV at analyzing the game of basketball. That's why he's got so many followers. Yeah, me and Armon actually. We, I always send Armon stuff about basketball on Twitter. We have we have a pretty good thread going, and uh, Armon's pretty active. So I think it's just that you got to reach out to Armon. He doesn't really come to you. You got to reach out to him. So, uh, but yeah, shout out Armon. We miss you, man. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back, guys. Feels uh, it feels right to be like this. It's, but except we're without Arash, so it's not all. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say the exact same words that you just said, Grant. It feels right. Speaking <laughs> of right. Um, I mean, you can't get more wrong with the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <I'm depressing>. sorry. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, it's, it's so depressing, dude. It's just, it's so depressing. I like, I don't know. Where do you go from here? Like, what do you do? Well, Jihei, here's the thing. I don't know if it's depressing or if it's funny. It's it's almost comical <laughs> at this point. Like I, I mean, during that game, I you know, obviously the first two innings went so well. Like Lance Lynn, they actually pitched a clean first inning. Hurrah, hooray! They actually pitched a zero in the first inning, and what then in the do? third inning, I mean, and then in the third inning, it was typical Lance Lynn four home run, the first time ever probably in the, in the postseason that four people have hit a home run in a single inning. Uh, so thank you for another record diamondbacks. Um, <laughs> but again, this it, it's really not the pitching because after Lance Lynn, the bullpen was excellent. It, it was the, the bullpen has been great all postseason. They have a 2.49 ERA over that series. I know it was three games, but they had a 2.49 ERA. The offense couldn't hit again. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman ghosts. They, they could not, they were seeing ghosts, but their bats were ghosted. <laughs> too i mean these guys they went i think it was one for 21 total and that one was an infield single an infield so they didn't even get out of the infield i mean they were rolling over on everything it was weak ground balls the third weak ground balls the second i mean mookie Betts did hit the ball hard a few times to the outfield but it was just it just laid up you can't hit the ball to center field in arizona chris taylor almost put one out but it was in center field in arizona so it was caught this offense was again a no-show for the second straight year. And, you know, we were talking about this before the show. We always talk about the Dodgers being compared to the Lakers, but are we going to have to start comparing them to the Clippers now? Because I know they have the oh, titles. Yeah. I know yes. the Dodgers have the titles, five, whatever, but it's been since 88 that they've won a full season title. 
I know the Clippers, you know, they've made they made it, you know, what, six years in a row with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan and Doc Rivers, and they couldn't get it done, and then they couldn't get it done with Kawhi and Paul George. We are we gonna compare them to the Clippers now? Because the Lakers, at least look, you say what you want. They they won a title in twenty twenty. They went to the Western Conference Finals last year when all the odds were against them. So and they're about maybe to we go gotta, again. They're about yeah, to go again. So maybe we gotta start comparing the Dodgers to another LA team. I, I don't know, guys. I mean I'll I'll give Brandon the lead on this one first and then I'll go. I was gonna say Cook Grant. Cook. Yeah, Cook, baby. I love it. I love it. I mean, that couldn't be more of a spot on comparison when the Clippers had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, you know, six straight years of un- underperforming. Feels like the same thing with the Dodgers. And yeah, I think the like the real ra- I think it's one of those things where like the world isn't fair. Like they should have won that title where the Astros cheated. I think everybody's in agreement there. Like they were the better baseball team. Like happens or excuse my language stuff happens. We'll cut that out. My, my apologies, guys. But uh, at the end of the day, like they they won in 2020, I get it. But who else was in that World Series? Another team that has choked every single year since the race, right? So you look at yep. that, and it's like with the NBA. The reason why it's different is the NBA. They played 70 out of 82 games, or 72 out of 82 games, like to reach the you know for the TV deals and everything that year. So it was almost a full season. I know they had time off, but look at the four teams that were the final four teams in the NBA that year. Those were the exact four teams last year, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it, it, what about the World Series team from 2020? Rays, Dodgers, have either of those teams been back? No. So to me, it just screams like, I don't want to say fraud, fraudulent, but it's just like there was no fans. The pressure wasn't there. Um, I get the same thing. You could make the argument for the Lakers, but I mean, that was a tough championship. I'll stand by that. But the Dodgers won. I feel bad for the fan base because they deserve like a real ring and it feels like they should have gotten it against Houston that one year. Yeah. I mean, everybody talks about it's, it's an Astros year for 2020 for the Dodgers. I still think they had fans in the stands granted half capacity. They like that, that, that to me still was, even though it was a truncated season, that to me was still a world series. That was still a W that's still, I mean, you can talk about truncated seasons or, you know, the NBA when the, or the NFL when they had scabs play, um, you know, back in the day um, when, when they had strike. You can talk about that with the NBA with the truncated season. You, they're like, there's so many of those that you can asterisk or whatever. That's still a title. That's still a ring. Um, I think that the only reason why you would ever compare them to the Clippers is because of that record, right? I think this is what we talked about off camera is the record that they have. They they're great on paper. They're great in the regular season. And then the postseason comes and then you're just expecting them to flop and for them to choke. So that, that's the comparison of the Clippers to, to the Dodgers, um, which really just sucks. Like I'm sick of winning a hundred plus games. I don't care about the hundred <laughs> plus games anymore. I'm done. Figure it out guys. Like win 70 oh. and then make it, make it into the NLDS. I don't care. I don't They'll care win hundred next year too. And you know what sucks? Probably. Is if they get Shohei Otani, the pressure's even even more vast, right? And they'll still probably choke. I hate to say it, but I mean, you look at it logistically, they should be much better. They'll have their full staff back. They'll have Gavin Lux back. They could possibly add Shohei Otani. Everything works on paper. And this was a year, I get it, like Mookie and Freddie had historic seasons, and that's why this team overperformed, right? They weren't that great of a baseball team compared to previous Dodger teams. They somehow won 100-plus games because Roberts managed his butt off. But again, in this in this postseason, I know a lot of people are on Roberts. 
I was doing more research about it. And he doesn't do any managerial decisions. It's all Andrew Friedman, the GM. Everything is Andrew Friedman. Lance Lynn starting game three, Andrew Friedman. Clayton Kershaw was set to start game four, Andrew Friedman. So, you know, Friedman was this golden boy from the Rays. And he's an excellent executive. You know, he pioneered young executives and statistical analysis and all that stuff. But he needs to have a good look in the mirror and be like, yo, like what we're doing in the playoff, like we're mismanaging stuff. Let Roberts manage. Let him manage. The players respect him. They like him. I think they need to let him kind of do his whole thing. They never will, though, which sucks. Um, but again, I, I hope the Dodgers fire him so the Angels can hire him. But again, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> look, I, I disagree on the thing that it's all Friedman because the in-game adjustments sometimes are just absolutely horrible. You're pinch-hitting Austin Barnes in the eighth, and you keep Ahmed Rosario off the roster. You start Lance. I know, look, I'm sure Dave Roberts had some input in starting Lance Lynn as well. There has to be a change somewhere, and you're not going to trade Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, right? Those guys were one of the sole reasons why they didn't get it done. You're not going to trade them. You're not going to cut them. You're not going to get rid of Friedman, right? Because he's such a guru, and he brings in all these guys that do so well. So where does that leave you? It leaves you with the manager. And over 10 division titles in 11 years, they have one shortened season title. And you could say the validity of that, whatever it may be. But if you can't win a full season title in 10 division titles, four consecutive 100 win seasons in those in those full title seasons. Well, someone's got to be the scapegoat. You have, you, have, you have a point. Have, you have a point. Yeah, but you have to look at Rob. There has to be a culture change, a voice change, an aura change, a passion change. Yeah, and, you, know, you need you need a manager that's not buddy buddy and and all yeah. positive. You need a guy like that's why Tori Lavolo, that's why Dusty Baker, that's why Bruce Bochy are advancing because they have that edge, that toughness, that like Brandon, you love to say that moxie as well as they that do. chemistry aspect. Bochy, so you Bochy. need a little bit of that, right? Yeah, exactly. And they got rest, so there are no yeah. excuses for me. They you got rest, you got some time away from. You know, whatever. Like, they, granted, I'm a huge factor of momentum, but you got some time off, so I don't see. I don't know. I just, I just don't. I don't see. You're right. But all of you are right. Both of you are right. There needs to be a change. There needs to be something, a shakeup somewhere, somehow. And it's probably going to be either Dave Roberts or in, um, in maybe in the Look, roster. I'll say spot. this. I'll say this. They should have pinched at Austin Barnes for Mookie Betts, right, Grant? <laughs> hey, listen. Listen, Austin Barnes put the ball in play just as hard as Mookie Betts has all series. So, I, you know, I, I know I got on Austin Barnes there, but he did the same thing that Mookie and Freddie were Will doing. Smith? So how, about, how about Will Smith? Five for 12. Five, actually, when the Five only, like, him and Kike, like, the only people that showed, that came in with um, some, uh, we'll just say, uh, Moxie. We won't say the other words. <laughs> yeah, By the way, you guys, you guys are going to find this crazy. I had a uh, D-backs to win National League future like a few months ago. And, and they're not going to win. They'll lose to the Phillies or Braves. But like, I just kind of feel like that's crazy. Like, I can't even believe I did. Like, what, that is, they're even close to it. What were the odds that you got? Yeah. They were still winning at that. They were like a few games behind the Dodgers. So it was only plus 1,100 or something. Plus 1,200. Right. Like, oh, like 1,200 or something. Yeah. Still not we'll bad. See. Still not bad. Yeah. Still yeah. Odds. Well, um, I want to switch over, you guys, to your alumni, USC Fight On. They play Notre Dame in um, away this weekend. Thoughts on how well they're going to do, Oof. how the defense is going to. I mean, after that. 
four overtimes in against Arizona, I mean, it's just this is going to be rough, right? Yes, no, maybe so. Brandon, go ahead. I know you're itching to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually not, not worried about Notre Dame. I'm not. I mean, it's a hot take. I mean, they've looked really like they quote bad, but Arizona almost beat Washington. They probably should have. Um, they almost beat like they they should have beat. They, I mean, they should have won against Stanford by like 30, but it was a close game. Arizona's not a bad football team. USC's defense is a problem. It's always going to be a problem. But has anybody even watched Notre Dame's offense the past two weeks? It's looked horrendous. Oh, it's they got terrible. They got bum-rushed by Louisville. And we're sitting here thinking they're going to beat the best college player of our generation, probably. I mean, look, as long as I know it's going to rain, it might be sloppy, it might not be pretty, but I think USC is kind of getting disrespected by the AP. You can't put Texas ahead of them. I mean, Texas has a loss. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know they haven't been good. You can't put Texas ahead of them. They have a loss. USC is undefeated. They have the best player in the country. They should be at least nine. And why is Washington still seven? They barely beat Arizona too. So what do you, you know, they don't have a defense. To me, there's just so much. I can't wait for Washington or Oregon, one of them to lose, so USC can win and move up. Can't wait for USC to beat Utah. The games I'm worried about are Oregon and Washington. Washington, they actually probably beat because they're at home, although it's probably a tough game. In Eugene, is tough. I think it's still very possible they go undefeated going into the Pac-12 championship game. It's a hot take because they've looked terrible defensively. But I just don't think, like, I think people don't realize Zachariah Branch was out the past two games. You know how important that guy is? He was out the past two games. They've had injuries defensively. You know, they haven't been able to implement Bear Alexander enough or, you know, Shane Lee or guys like that. They've been dealing with a lot. At the end of the day, I think they're going to have a statement win against Notre Dame. I really do. I mean, they might give up 35 points, but I mean, look, Sam Hartman has experience, but I think they win 45. I think they cover for sure. And I think, I don't know how they're not favored. Well, look, aren't you getting points? Yeah, I mean, it's minus. I mean, look, like two they're on the half. road. It's two and a half. So it's kind of like a USC you know, favor, but still, I mean, two and a half, Notre Dame. Sorry about that, Greg. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I mean, USC, I mean, you can't just dismiss the defense, though, Brandon. Like, it's a major issue. I know that other team, like, there's no really, like, elite defense in college football like you see in the NFL, really, because you have a whole bunch of college guys, and not, not all of them are going to go to the NFL. You saw it with Georgia last year. They had an, an insane defense. But, like, this is going to be a major issue. Like, you're going to have to rely on the offense every single game to score at least 40 or 45. And is that a recipe for success? Maybe. I mean, it, you're you're walking a thin line if you're going to do that, which is why, like, you go into Oregon and you play Washington at home. Sure, you're playing them at home and it's going to be packed, whatever. But it's it's still going to be so tough for them to be undefeated going to that Pac-12 championship game, even if their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Say their offense doesn't have a good game. You know, say Caleb Williams doesn't have a good game like he did against Arizona, and you're playing a better team in Washington or Oregon. Now you're going to have to rely on your defense a little bit at least. And I don't know if I, there are better teams though. I don't know if they're better. I mean, like, look, their defense hasn't been good, but can anybody stop the USC offense? That's my question. Can well, Arizona kind of stopped Caleb Williams for a very good portion of that game. They That's did. Arizona they did. doing that. They did. But I do think Lincoln, what he's excellent at, and say what you want about the Alex Grinch defense, we all know he sucks. You can't fire Alex Grinch because he's best friends with Lincoln Riley. Otherwise, <laughs> Riley's gone. You just can't. I mean, he should have, he'd be flipping burgers if he wasn't best friends with Lincoln Riley. Like, let's be real with ourselves. I hate to say it. Maybe he's a nice guy. He can't coach football. Okay. At the end of the day, 
Lincoln Riley makes adjustments better than possibly any coach in college football offensively. So what he saw with you know playing a lot of a lot of zone coverage and a lot of man coverage back and forth, kind of messing with the rhythm of Caleb Williams. Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman is a young coach. He's going to look at that game and be like, okay, we can do the same thing. Uh-uh, that's not going to work. Marcus Freeman has mismanaged a lot of games. I like him. I think he's going to be an excellent football coach. I think he's already a really good football coach, but he's young. And we saw those mistakes against Ohio State defensively late in the game, mismanagement with the clock. We saw those mistakes against Louisville. And we're going to see those mistakes against USC. And I'm not going to say, I'm not saying USC is going to play this excellent game defensively. I think Sam Hartman's seen ghosts. I know it's going to be a big game. It's in South Bend, but like, half of it's going to be USC fans or at least a quarter of it. So, I mean, I think, you know, Kayla Williams wants to win the Heisman. This is a huge game for him. He's going to need to perform. This is the game where USC gets put back on the map. They need this game. I think they get it. It might be close, but I think they get it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely think it's going to be a close game um, just because of what you said, Brandon, the stakes, right? Ultimate rivalry game. You're putting, this is the game to watch for the week. At, le- at least in my opinion. Um, Want to switch over to the NFL. I mean, Rams are who I thought they'd be. I think maybe who Grant thought they'd be, but nobody else thought they would be. Yeah, I was wrong. Um, I was wrong about them. And that's, uh, hey, you are not the only one, Brandon. Yeah. You are not the only one, right? But I think Grant and I saw a lot of talent that, yeah, you know, Cooper Cup's going to be out for a little bit and that's going to suck. But, man, they got some great talent in Tutu Atwell. They got some great talent, obviously, in Fukunakua, who we even mentioned, by the way, early on, before the season even happened, we mentioned Fukunakua. And nobody's talking about this kid until week one happens and he gets all these touches and he gets free. um, And he's basically a mirror copy of uh, Cooper Cup. Um, They play this week, you guys. What what are your thoughts on... um, the Rams and how they're going to do. I mean, it, granted, I get it. It's against Arizona, <laughs> but you know, there's still no easy wins in the Arizona's NFL. good. Arizona's kind of yeah. good. Arizona's kind of good. They they have the Niners on the ropes. I so. mean, here's the thing. They they uh, there's no such thing as an easy W in the NFL. Um, so I'm just wondering. Like, um, I think that they hit. You know, this win, they get it. Um, move on, whatever. But I think it's going to be a rough uphill battle again because there are no. Um, easy W's in the NFL. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it's going to be as much of a, a blowout as people are expecting. I know the line's six and a half, but I expect it to be around there. Maybe, I mean, look, the Cardinals, say what you want, they beat the Cowboys and they hung with the Niners, just like the Rams have hung with the Niners and the Eagles. So both of these teams are kind of outperforming expectations. The Rams are just doing it at a higher clip. You know, they're two and three, which at this point, if you were to tell me that the Rams are two and three going to week five, I would have said, hallelujah. That's That sounds fantastic, because that means you'd be at least the Seahawks or the Niners or the Eagles or whatever it may be. So, I mean, I'm very happy with what they've done. Obviously, there's a lot to be worked on. The defense is still a little bit iffy. They need an edge defender, which Les Snead seems like he doesn't want to do, and I have no idea why. He should go out and get an edge defender trade a pick. I don't care. Go sign somebody. You need an edge defender if you want to compete this year. And by all accounts, it looks like they want to compete this year because Matthew Stafford looks like a top 10 QB in the league. They have two excellent receivers with Tutu Atwell, maybe being a third. They may have one of the best wide receiver trios in all of the NFL. So why not try to go for it? You're two and three, you're almost 500, five weeks in, just try to do something. So the Rams, I expect them to win, but I don't think it's going to be that easy, but I'm very happy with how the Rams are playing. Bang, bang, Niner gang, baby. I'm ready for Cleveland <laughs> this week. 
Um, but the Rams, but the Rams, the, the the Rams will be fine. I think they're a playoff team. They've played a lot of good teams so far this year. Their schedule gets a little bit easier. If they beat Dallas, they're for sure winning nine or ten games. Yeah, um, let, let's go really quick. You got a, a minute left there, Brandon. Let's talk about your Niners. I mean, I don't see anybody really challenging them other than you know Philly. So I, I don't really, as far as just interconference is 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 concerned. So thoughts oh. on that. They'll beat Philly if they have the one seed. I think that it's more about where the, where is that game. I don't. I'm not confident in them beating Philly if it's in at Lincoln Memorial. But if it's in Santa Clara, they need the one seed. I don't care if they go 17 and 0. I haven't seen in my lifetime a Lombardi Trophy. You know, so I mean, unless it's I, I need to see it with my own eyes, not held by Steve Young or Joe Montana. But Brock Purdy looks legit. Not a system quarterback. He's that dude. He's got Moxie. They're trying to make him the next Brady, and I kind of love it. I hope they rig the Super Bowl for us. <laughs> I, I mean, hope I think they don't. Yeah, well, you're a Rams fan. Hey, let me out yeah. my happiness. I mean, you had your Super Bowl. Let me get my Super Bowl. No, thank Come you. Come on now. No, <laughs> I love the rivalry. I love the talk, and I love you guys. Thank you so much for your time. I know that you're busy, busy journalists out there, um, killing, killing it as per usual, guys. For now, let's chill. Uh, but when we get back. Um, when we come back, sorry, we'll be joined by Tully Bantacane and Ashanti Cook when we get back here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Guys, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las and Las Vegas, sorry, or Hawaii, please call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Okay, guys, let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline um, where I get to talk to two of my favorite people who I haven't seen the few, in a minute or two, Mr. Ashanti Cook, South Bay Zone, and Mr. Tully Banta Kane, New England Zone. Guys, how you doing? What's up? What's 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 new, by the way, with everybody's life? Other than you know, I know Tully's always hustling, and so is Ashanti. So what what's new in everybody's life? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, did a movie in New Mexico. Uh, I was out there from March to May uh, in Albuquerque, between Albuquerque and Santa Fe. Uh, it'll be appearing on Netflix next year in 2024. It's about a high school basketball team on a Native American reservation. So excited about that. Um, it's called Res Ball. So I was a sports coordinator and also played um, the head assistant coach for uh, in the movie. I love that. You're, all, you're, you're always doing movies like that, too, which I think are amazing. Right. Like the, the based on a true story. 
um, kind of stuff. But I, I love those projects for you. I love those projects for you. How are you doing, Tully? What's new in your world? I'm doing well. Um, you know, I've just been busy with uh, doing a bunch of different stuff for the BFL, um, getting things lined up, um, closing deals, working on sponsors, just staying busy with that and doing a lot of charity work around here in New England. Um, I've been uh, fortunate to be invited to a bunch of these different events. And um, so, yeah, I've just been uh, staying busy. Well, speaking of busy, I mean, the Pac-12 has been busy, whether it comes to basketball, football, what have you. It's been extremely busy. Um, Ashanti, I know that you have had your conference dismantled and then brought back together. I wanted to talk to both of you guys about the dismantling of the Pac-12 and just conferences in general being kind of pushed apart um, or pulled apart or yanked apart or completely decimated, specifically the Pac-12 conference and how... um, I don't know. How, how are you all feeling about this? Is it good? Bad? You're loving it? Can't wait to go someplace else other than, you know, Stanford to go watch a game, Tully? Like, what, what what's the deal with this? You know, um, it's interesting because when I was in college, I always wished to play teams in the SEC or the ACC. Um, I, I never felt like the, the West Coast schools got enough credit. They would always say the best footballs in the South or in the SEC or in Florida. So I think it's kind of it's it's two sided for me because you kind of get what you what you want. You, I kind of got what I wish for in seeing this. But at the same time, it is a dismantling. And I think it's uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard when you have a lot of pride invested in the conference and to see it, see these teams play in different conferences. And it's 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 almost like every conference should have like a scramble or they should just make it every year. There's like the con- the conferences switch or kind of, uh, you know, maybe take, take a year off from playing a team or, or take a year off from playing in that conference just to mix things up. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed feelings on it. I, I just, I was getting so used to seeing Cal and Stanford and SC UCLA every year. And now it's just, it sucks, but Cal hasn't really been, winning a lot of games regardless. So I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, are you psyched that they're going to be in the ACC though? Cause y'all be, I mean, not like we're relevant in football, but you will be playing Duke and Clemson and, you know, North Carolina state, Florida state, et cetera. So. Yeah. Like I said, I, I was excited about when, you know, when I was in college, I would always want to play like Miami and Clemson and, and these Southern schools. So I think it's cool that they're getting a chance to do it. I just think it sucks just from the traveling aspect where you got to fly six hours uh, almost every week. I mean, these are college students. They have class. So just the the taxing of the traveling, I think, sucks. But I do think it's a great opportunity to play some of these other schools and and kind of get a good mix of talent um, displayed on, on, on the games you see on TV. Because normally Cal would be playing teams like New Mexico State or, you know, some like junior college that you've never heard of. Uh, right. the, so it's I think it's good to like, like bump up the talent level and and get them a little bit more competition. And I think with that, it could raise the level of recruiting, too. I, uh, for the Big East, I, I miss the nostalgia of the Big East, um, you know, seeing seeing Creighton and 
uh, Butler in it. You know, it's kind of interesting and weird. Like I miss seeing the Syracuse Georgetown rivalry game, then playing twice a year at Georgetown, adding a Carrier Dome. You know, now you only get them once. Um, I think UConn's back in the Big East now. Um, yeah, UConn's back in the Big East now. But you know, I I I, I do miss the old Big East, and I think I came in at a good time. When I um, when I was playing with uh, with the addition of DePaul, Louisville, um, uh, I forgot who else, um, South Florida, and then we had one other team that was in there. Oh, Marquette, and um, I thought it created like a lot of good. Uh, it was a lot of good competition within it. You know, it expanded. I think from like twelve to sixteen, and um, but these teams were like were the best in their conference, you know, Conference USA and came over to the Big East and made it even more challenging, you know. Um, I mean, so I do miss the the old Big East. Um, and it was the power conference because you had like eight, nine teams from the Big East every year going to the tournament. Now you don't get that as much, <laughs> you know. So it's very top heavy. And I feel like before it was like everybody was like competing and buying for spots. So, you know, you're like Pitt, um, Villanova, UConn, uh, West Virginia was really good, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I miss the old Big East, but I understand you got to go where the dollars are and, and college football runs that. So I get it. Um, you mentioned college basketball really quick, Ashanti, and we don't really get to talk about them a lot um, on this show. So I kind of wanted to bring that up because you know that that's both our jams right there. Um, it hasn't started yet. Season's only a few days away, though. And um, I wanted to know, do you have any favorites? And if not... Um, what do you think? My next question would be, what do you think about Bronny trying to come back and play this season? And this could be for both you and Tully, by the way, that Bronny question. Um, well, I got to go with my alma mater, Georgetown. Come on. You know, Coach Cooley <laughs> came over from Providence. He's a new head coach, um, new breath of life over there. So I'm pulling for him. Um, and, and, and that squad, Georgetown. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, no, I'm excited for Bronny. You know, hopefully, you know, he's cleared medically to play and be productive. I think the kid is is talented. I think he's super talented, good court awareness, good defensive player. Um, he's got a high basketball IQ, super athletic, can shoot it. Um, I think him and the, the other guard in the backcourt is going to be exciting to watch. Um, let's just, you know, prayers up that he's cleared medically and healthy to uh, produce for the Trojans this season. So I'm looking forward to seeing them, um, seeing them play. Same. I, I agree. I think uh, if he's medically cleared to play, then he should be able to play. And hopefully there's no uh, no hangups going forward. And, um, you know, I think it is good for basketball to have him out there. And um, obviously his dad is, is going to be um, in support and, and uh, probably at a lot of games. So, uh, yeah, I, I really hope it works out for him. And, um, you know, hopefully there's no there's no scares. Yeah, no, I mean, in, injuries like that are just, they're just really, really sad. And you just hope to see him come back and just people come back from that in general. Um, Tully, I wanted to ask you about your NFL favorites over here. Um, Rams are doing better than we thought that they were doing. I'm not even going to mention your Patriots because I know that's a soft spot for you. <laughs> I'm just going to let that go. Um, my oh, Giants are terrible. So again, it is what it is. Um, we obviously know who the favorites are. It's, you know, uh, people are still have, have the Bills up there. They have Kansas City, and they have um, uh, your your Niner gang out there who is killing it. I'm not going to lie on that. No, yeah. I was going to give you a do. I was going to give you a do. You're about to forget the best team <laughs> in the league right now? 
No, I didn't forget Philly. <laughs> yeah. <all right. laughs> um, so out of those, uh, who who are your favorites other than your Niner game? Because you can't be all that biased. Like, I know that you're a realistic person. I am. But I, I mean, the reality is that the Niners are the best team in the league. They have the best defense, hand, hands down. Best offense, hands down. Uh, I don't see who could beat them if they're healthy uh, come January and February. I don't. I I think they were one game away from winning the Super Bowl last year, or going to the Super Bowl and winning it uh, had Brock Purdy not got hurt. Um, I do like uh, uh, I do like the Bills, and the other team that I'm really excited for is the Detroit Lions right now. I, I definitely feel like they've they've turned the curve or the corner on on getting into to a winning style, uh, winning culture. Uh, I love that coach over there and uh, Jared Goff, Cal Bear, got to root for that guy getting traded out of L.A. after, you know, taking them to a Super Bowl and and really not having too bad of a year anytime he was there. Uh, he might have had a couple bad games here and there, but overall, I thought he he did well and now he's finally getting the shine. So um, those would be my two favorites right now. And then I think the Patriots uh, are on a rebuild, unfortunately. They're talking about a full renovation of the of the stadium, the owners, the the coach. Uh, but it's still so early in the year. Uh, four losses uh, is really nothing uh, when you get to the end of the year. So it, it, we'll see. They got a, they got a big big mountain to climb. But I think they have a winnable game in the Raiders this weekend. Um, but after that, it's 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 going to get pretty tough. So um, so yeah, that's my take. Yeah, no, I am fully agree with you with Dan Campbell. I am on that train. I love that team. Um, I love the fact that it's all players, all former players coaching that squad and rallying them up. It just shows you what players can possibly do and that, you know, they know their X's and O's, but at the same time, they can still rally those troops. So kudos to Dan Campbell. Love that man. I think what he's done for that franchise has been phenomenal. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't be happy for him. Um, I want to switch over to the NBA. I know it's really, 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 really like, and I'm talking ridiculously early. <laughs> like we cannot overemphasize how early it is. It is the preseason, but I did watch some Clippers basketball and they, man, I'm not going to lie. They look good. And you know, I'm a realistic fan. I'm not going to sit there and be like, they're winning it all this year. Um, it's not like, you know, it's not, it's not too basketball. Um, so <laughs> So I wanted to know what uh, what are your do you guys have any takes for who takes the chip this year in Cali, uh, Clippers, Lakers, or Golden State? Neither. <laughs> None of the above. Nah. Okay. Um, then who do you then who do you have? Then who do you have? You said take the championship, and I'm like, I don't see those guys going to the uh, to the finals. I don't see do any. Do you see of any of them contending? Uh, possibly Golden State. I'd say Golden State is my, my my guess. I'd say my Western Conference Finals right now would be Golden State and Phoenix. And on the Eastern, uh, I got Bucks. No, I'm sorry. Um Miami and uh and and, and Boston. No Denver at all? No, I don't know. Like whatsoever. Nah. You're not gonna give you're not gonna give Joker his flowers. I like Joker. Joker's really good. Joker's really good. So is Jamal Murray. Like, those guys are great. They've been playing together a long time. Great chemistry. Great, well-coached. 
Um, I feel they lost some key pieces, um, one being Bruce Brown. Uh, I feel like he was their utility guy and their backbone and played great defense. He ran the point for them. He scored at certain particular points in the course of the game. And I don't think they replaced that. So, I mean, but it's, you know, they still the defending champs. It goes through them. But uh, Golden State, you just can't count them out. <laughs> they're too good. Like, they're really too good. They're veterans. They're well coached. They've been around the block a bunch of times. Like, they know how to win games when things are ugly. They know how to play multiple different ways, up-tempo, slow it down. Um, yeah, and they just got that chip on their shoulder, too. So, and Clay finally seems like he's healthy and he got something to prove. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is more mature another year under his belt. Um, yeah, they just, and Kaminga's coming to his own too. And he's a young, young cat. Like they just got a lot of weapons and it's looking scary over there. Like it's looking scary for Golden State. So, um, yeah, I got Golden State. I mean, that's, that's, that's good news for Tully because he loves his, his warriors. Um, Tully, what, (laughs) what what are you talking about? Still owe me a little Let's not I know. Forget. I know. No, 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 no. I owe you. So basically, like, long story short, we have time for this story actually. So we have like six minutes. So I bet Tully stuff every year, which is so stupid because I've lost for two years in a flipping row. But like, so I need to stop betting you, man. Um, I owe you hee haws. I don't owe you the beach. Do I still owe you the beach thing? Still. So when I came back, huh? <laughs> um. So I owe you the beach thing, and I owe you. We do. We should have done the last time you were here. To be honest with you, I probably should have just gotten it out of the way. But um, I didn't do it. Um, what are your? What about you though, Tully? I know that you are. You ride um, hard for your Golden State Warriors. Uh, but realistically, what what are you thinking? Just just right now, knowing what you know. Realistically, it's still the Warriors all day. I do like the Celtics though, and the pickup of Drew Holiday. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's going to boost their team. Uh, tremendously, although losing um, Williams, I think is is a big blow to their defense. But um, but yeah, if I had to pick, uh, I would say it's going to be either Golden State or uh, Denver, maybe a possibly in the finals, and it's going to be between I think Celtics and uh, Milwaukee uh, this year um, in the East, but. You know, it's so early, but I'm I'm gonna ride for my Warriors, regardless. And and like uh, our boy Ashanti said, I I think the maturity from the like the younger guys is gonna probably show up a little bit more. Obviously, Wiggins um, has come a long way, but I think he's he's continuing to develop. And uh, you know, with with Clay and Curry, um, any given night, those guys can blow can blow it out. So um, that's who I'm riding with. Yeah. yeah, I mean, defensively, I can totally agree with you guys on that one. Um, they show up in the in the postseason, so I can't really um, disagree with you. I'm not going to sit there and ride hard for my Clippers. I'm just going to be happy if they make the playoffs. So I do want to um, see Kawhi and Paul George just be healthy this season. That's really what I want to see. I want to see that dynamic. I want to see them healthy this year because I, I love watching both of them play. They get after I mean, I think a lot of people would pay a lot of money to go and see that actually come to fruition, but I just don't see that happening like he's as much as i love Kawhi, that man is just so made out of glass and it's just like it doesn't matter what like you know how much time you give him or don't give him and this new rule um with sitting star players is going to come into major effect for him i think right and like he's going to have to chuck and take those fines man so it's just going to be 
going to be an uphill battle for him. Last but not least, you guys, I wanted to talk about the, you talked about young players and maturing and all that good stuff. We got a great um, set of rookies coming in this year, specifically, obviously, from France, Victor Wembanyame. Um, saw him play against OKC a couple days ago. Man, that kid, that kid is the truth. I don't care what you, what you saw, you know, before in summer league, that was summer league. We're talking about like, he's, he's with the big boys now. Like he, man, he can hoop. Like that was some ridiculous showmanship, um, against OKC. So, uh, what are your thoughts on how long it's going to take till San Antonio, uh, makes the playoffs with this young, young kid? Oof. How long? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Um, Cause I honestly don't know any other pieces that they have. So I, I really couldn't tell you. Um, I probably say I give it a year or two. I probably say a year or two. Yeah. Next year they'll be in the playoffs. All right. Tully. The coach, he's a good developer of young, young guys. He's able to get them to buy into the system and, and coach them up well to where they're confident and being able to um, basically showcase their talents to the best of their abilities. And um, yeah, I think I think in probably next year they'll be in, right back in the mix of things. Holy, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I I definitely know they have their guy. Uh, he's going to be a star. I don't know much else about that team. I know they have a great coach. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see them put all the pieces together around that, that young man and, and see what they can do. But um, a year might be actually a little too soon. <laughs> but, I, but hey. I agree, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, Tully. I think that, like, maybe give him, like, three. Because you got to get pieces around him, right? You got to get pieces around him. So uh, really, really quick, guys, this is the time to promo yourself. Tully, I'm going to give you the floor first. You got 20, 30 seconds. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's your boy Tully Bantacane. Follow me at Tully Bantacane on Instagram and Facebook and Tully BC on Twitter, which I hardly use. Uh, also, check me out or check out news on the BFL at beachfootballleague.com um, for any upcoming stuff we are launching next year. Uh, so stay on the lookout and also check us out. Um, the players choir is doing some stuff coming up. Hey, I love that. I can't wait for that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ashanti. All right. This is Ashanti cook here. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Ashanti, A S H A N T I underscore cook. Um, and then also on Twitter, Shea butter two one S H E A B U T T A two one on Twitter. All right, guys, that's all she wrote. Thank you so much to Ashanti and to Mr. Telly Banta Kane. Guys, we will see you again and do this again tomorrow. Until then, this is the Raj Markazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.